Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wear Many Hats. I'm your host, Mark Robinson, and we are joined today by an incredibly interesting individual that has spent many, many years in the facilities management world. I'd like to welcome James Spurrell, partner, head of workplace, and of a clean client account over at Cushmer and Wakefield. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. That's all right. You having a good day? A uh, busy day, but yeah. that doesn't normally uh, doesn't normally change. Yeah, you said you walked over from bank, didn't you? I did. I always walk. I'm not not a big fan of the tube. You know, yeah, no, it's horrible down there, isn't it? It is. How long did it take you? Well, Google says 35 minutes. Took me about 25 minutes. Ah, so you're a fast walker. Always. Good stuff. It's good to hear that. All right. Well, listen. Should we crack straight onto the questions? Absolutely. All right then. So, firstly, tell us about your career journey in facilities management. Um, how did it start? Where did you come from? And so on and so forth. Sure. So I think like most people that you probably speak to in facilities, um, I came into it by accident. Yeah. I was, uh, I worked in a bookies to start. I uh, worked oh, really? at a few pubs. Right. Um, but then I, I got a job in, in London as a, I can't even remember the job title. It was either office junior, tea boy. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, General dog's body. E- exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was for an investment bank in the city. Right. Um, I was there quite a long time I progressed there I think I was doing the basic dog's body stuff as, as you put it yeah but then they, they got me involved in more facilities matters right and um and progressed progressed from there and then I moved to a um a governing body I suppose the Chartered Insurance Institute oh wow um, really governing body of insurance right and I was their in-house facilities person right um so uh, before I moved into the managing agent world where I am now, I was uh, tenant side and, and I suppose landlord owner side as well. So quite uh, yeah. different different areas of, of, of facilities. So did you did you have much facilities management experience as the general dog's body before uh, you moved into the chat the chartered institute? Or absolutely none to start. But, so you had um, to go in there and learn it all. I, I was there. I was there for about five years. Right. Um, so I kind of learned a lot. Off, off my own back over that time yeah um and then obviously at, at the chart insurance institute i i did um kind of learn on my feet yeah that must have taken some courage because you know going going from a quite junior role into what what could be perceived as quite a senior role looking after the facilities management of a chartered institute you know that that must be it was quite brave to do that yeah i mean i i had the obviously the support of my manager at the chartered institute yeah and um she supported me through that. But um, mm. I think one of the things about me is I don't mind a challenge. I don't yep. mind jumping in the deep end. And um, I think I would always say to anyone, just try it, um, especially in facilities. Yeah. Um, if you don't try it, you can't succeed. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So did you did you do any um, kind of training or anything like that to help develop yourself whilst at the Chartered Institute? Yeah, I did quite a lot of training, actually. Right. Um, I did level four, five, and six, BIFM at the time, wow. uh, now IWFM. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also did some some CAD training, some project management training. So, yeah, quite a lot of, quite a lot of um, kind of desktop training. Yeah. But I think probably where I learned the most was just doing the day job. Right. Um, there's only so much that you can actually learn um, from a course. Yeah, so, so obviously that was a great grounding for you, I'm guessing, in terms of your career. You know, because obviously you got the support, the development, you were there for five years. You know, did you have any 
mentors or anything like that within the Chartered Institute whilst you worked there? Yeah, I mean, they did actually do a mentor program. Right. Um, and I had a mentor who wasn't technically in facilities, mm. um, but we got on really well and he helped me kind of with my career progression and management and communication, yeah. um, which is obviously another, another key, key thing in our industry. Yeah, okay, fantastic. So from the Chartered Institute, you moved into that sort of property management world. Talk, talk, us, around, talk, talk to us about your career there, how that evolved and, and how you got to where you are now. Sure. So, yeah, I moved to Cushman and Wakefield, where mm. I was for about six years. Right. I went in as a facilities manager mm. and realized straight away how little I knew from uh, previous experience. Yeah, yeah. Even though it had been probably 10 years in the industry by that point. Right. Um, you realize very quickly working for a managing agent how little you actually know yeah. uh, until your boots on the ground. Yeah, so were you multi-site then? I was multi-site, So you moved yeah. from client side to a multi-site environment. Exactly. How did you find that transition? I, I loved it, to be yeah. fair. And I always say that there's two types of people in, facility, in facilities management. There's people that like the single buildings. Yep. And there's people that like the rovers. I was very much a, a rover. A rover. Spinning yeah. the plates. But I'm, I'm the same. I like it as well. It gives you a bit of freedom, I think. It does give you freedom. You have to work hard, you know, but it gives you a bit of freedom. <laughs> it does. But it also gives you variety as well. Yeah. Uh, you see all the different types of buildings, different types of people, tenants. Yeah. clients. So in that role, James, how many buildings were you responsible for at that time? Um, anything from 10 to 20 at the time, oh, wow. depending on the size and type of building, um, depending on capacity of the other team members. It, it kind of goes up and down quite a lot in, in managing agent worlds. Yeah, without a doubt. So did, did you do, similarly to the Chartered Institute, did you have to expand your 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 skill set and develop yourself to be able to to deal in that different environment absolutely i say um as i said earlier you i kind of didn't realize how much i didn't know until i'd started um, yeah. doing doing that role and you do learn so much i think when i was at the chartered insurance institute it's one building it was all paper-based. Yeah, yeah. So, back in uh, the days when we had paper. Yeah, and I know. Exactly. Yeah. So um, coming into all the different CAFAM systems and yeah. things like that was quite an eye-opener. Yeah, because I imagine it'd be different per building as well, wouldn't it? So you probably have to get used to multiple variations of similar systems. Yeah, different different clients, different systems, different buildings. Um, yeah. They all do things slightly differently. Yeah. It's all, all part of the fun. Yeah, so you, you've got to be good at juggling then, effectively. Yeah. Yeah, juggling, spinning plates. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, so talk us into, obviously you were at um, Cushman and Wakefield for six years. You then moved on to? I moved on to MAP. Yeah. Um, that was about a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, they offered me a, a role as, as kind of FM lead for the mm. South. So that was a step up once again it was, in terms yeah. of your career? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was at Cushman the first time, um, I did have have a couple of promotions within that six years. Yeah. Um, so when I when I left, I was kind of heading up the FM team in the City of London. Oh, wow. Which Brilliant. Was, uh, which was, was good. And how many uh, FMs were you responsible for at that time? Ooh, now you're asking. Uh, I think it was about 20, 22 at the time. So that's a lot of people. That's a lot uh, of direct FM's reports. building yeah. managers. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah. That must have been quite challenging. Uh, yeah, it had its moments. Yeah. It had its moments. Oh, good. Um, yeah. Uh, I think, the, again, the, the team were all very different with different yeah. levels of experience. And that, that's part of the, the management role, I suppose, is, yeah. is learning how to 
how to manage different people. Did you enjoy that then, the, the leadership element? Absolutely. I mean, it's it is, it's what I what I really enjoy. Uh, yeah. I think I really enjoyed my time as facilities manager. Right. Uh, actually doing the work, managing the managing the buildings. But as I've progressed, absolutely, kind of being that leadership role is, is yeah. what I enjoy the most. Right. Okay. Okay. So, do you? Um, how how do you develop your team now? Do you do you do you get quite heavily involved in development and so on and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it it's different depending on each individual. Yeah. Some of them don't need much handholding. Some of them need a lot of development. Yeah. And I I, I see it as, as my role to kind of decipher that and and work on kind of bespoke plans for for each person. So like to become like a like a facilitator. In, in, in some kind of way to make sure that you look after everybody's interests and develop them properly. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I'm kind of really proud of the fact that people in previous teams that I don't I don't work with anymore still contact me to ask my advice and what can I do about this. And yeah. So now, now effectively you are the mentor as opposed to the mentoree. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've actually um, logged myself as a potential mentor on IWFM. They've got a new mentoring program. Right, okay. Um, so I'm on there if, if anyone's interested. Oh, we'll talk a little bit about that then. Do you, want to, do you want to tell us a bit about it? Because there may well be a listener out there that's, that's looking for a mentor, to be fair. Sure. So it's a new program that the IWFM started yep. a couple of months ago. Right. Um, so they've opened it up to senior people in the industry with different differing experiences. Yeah. And it's all on the IWFM website. Um, you kind of click on the mentoring section and yep. it will list all the different mentors that are there. Right. And you match yourself with yep. someone that has the skills that you're, you're looking for. Yeah. So it's like Tinder mentoring. <laughs> that, that kind of, <laughs> so, that kind of scenario. Like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, listen, if anybody wants a, um, a great mentor, James is available. Jump onto IWFM and um, search for his information. Okay, moving back to your career. Sorry, I've, I've sidestepped again there, James. I do apologise. Um, you're now obviously in a completely different role um, with with Cushman. So talk to us a little bit about that role and how it differs from roles you've done previously, I suppose. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I started back at Cushman and Wakefield about three months ago. Yep. Um, as, as you say, in a completely different role, different team, but... It feels like I've never left. Yeah. Um, I still see the same faces. Yeah. Still talk to the same people. Um, just just in a in a different role. So now I'm I'm heading up the FM or workplace team. Yeah. For one of our key clients. Right. Um, and it's it, it's really exciting. It, it's very busy. Yeah. But, um, re- really exciting stuff. Yeah. So how many sites are you responsible for? So overall, um, the client has. Just over a hundred properties. Wow, that includes kind of FRIs, yeah. Um, t- so tenant responsibility buildings, but yep. around, around around fifty service charge properties. Wow, that's significant, isn't it? And in terms of that, how many direct reports do you have now in your current role? Uh, direct reports. Um, I think I've got six, but right. kind of the the whole team. Yep, um, is probably around twenty. Wow. So that's very significant then. Yeah. And have you enjoyed that that change as well, that 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 move into a... Because it sounds like quite a more expansive role than what you had previously. It's, it's more expansive geographically as well as anything else. It's, mm. an, it's a national team. 
Um, right. So okay. whereas previously I was London or the South, mm. now it's it's a national team. Um, so that has its challenges. Are you getting up north ever? Yeah, I've been up there a few times. Love it, don't you? It's great, isn't it? <laughs> hey, isn't it? Can't complain. Come on, Can't it's complain. nice, isn't it? Hey, listen, if you want any tips about where to go up north, James, just ask me. I can tell you all the best places, without a doubt. Especially Wensleydale. It's God's own county, mate. Right? <laughs> Sorry, Yorkshire. Yorkshire's God's own. I best not say Wensleydale. All the Yorkshire people will get upset. All right, brilliant. Listen, James, thank you very much. Well, listen, that's such a great overview of your career so far. Um, so what we'd like to do now is sort of, you know, blend into your expertise, really, and and, and sort of see how you view the industry moving forward. So um, what advice would you give to somebody who was interested in starting a career in facilities management? Okay. Um, probably the biggest piece of advice that I would give people is be the person that gets things done. I like it, yeah. In in facilities management especially, I think in most walks of life, but in facilities management especially, it's a problem-solving industry. Yeah. And people come to you to solve problems. Yeah. They don't come to you to pass it on to somebody else. No. So uh, the, the biggest piece, and what's really helped me in my career is when someone asks me to do something, I rarely say that's not my job. Yeah. I, I get it done. And if it's not my job, I find out whose job it is and yeah. ask them to help me. Right. Um, but that's, I, I can't, I can't emphasize that enough, really. I think that's, that's really important. The FMs that I've seen that are in my team that are coming through that just, just get the job done yeah. is, is a real, a real bonus. But probably the, the second thing I'd say as well is, uh, answer your emails. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, the, not, not an answer we've had so far, actually, <laughs> to be fair. The, Probably the the most common complaint I get from clients, tenants, line managers is that person doesn't answer me. Really, and um, it's such a, an easy thing to do, mm. but it goes such a long way. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, do you know how I do it? I've got I've got a little trick for it. And I'm sure other people do the same thing. I'll always send back a holding email. Always, you know, if I, if I know that I don't have the time to resolve it right now, um, I'll send a holding email just saying I'll get to this within. Yeah, I, I, I do like that. Yeah, uh, as long as you do actually come back to that's it. true. Because, yeah, because yeah, again, yeah. you get yeah. so many people to send the holding email and they never do anything. Yeah, and that's almost worse. To be fair, that is true. Yeah, if you've contacted them and said yeah. I'll do it, and then you don't do it, they're like, "Well, he yeah. told me he would," you know. Exactly. Okay, or she told me she would. You yeah. know. Okay, cool. No problem at all. So moving on to something slightly different. Um, where do you see artificial intelligence fitting into? the facilities management sector. Have you got any insights, anything you think may or may not happen? Sure. I mean, uh, smart buildings is, is something that's talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, I'll be completely honest. I'm a bit of a skeptic. Oh, um, right. Go on. Let's get that. I want to know. <laughs> Tell me a bit more about that. Come on. Um, it's it, it certainly has potential. Yeah. But I just think we're not where we need to be yet. Right. I've seen a lot of... Um, examples where they go full throttle on the smart buildings yeah, and then have to curtail it again because it, it's not working or the tenants aren't engaged with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a, one of the, the big smart buildings in London. I remember going there um, and I completely threw them because I asked to see someone that wasn't on their list and they didn't know what to do. Um, really? They, I had to see about six different people 
um, because they didn't have this person who's working in that building. Mm. And it just really threw them. And I found that really quite funny. That is quite funny, actually, yeah. What happened? What, what was the outcome of that? Did they find the individual in the end? You know what? I can't actually remember. Yeah. I think I had to call them. Really? Um, yeah. Were they in the building? They were in the building, they yeah. Were. <laughs> they were sitting just over there. Really? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I find it funny because they had their iPads and it all yeah, looks yeah. great. But, yeah, they didn't. Um... Well, technology, I think technology is an enabler. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think facilities management is so heavily, it's, it's such a people business, isn't it? You know, it's, it's all yeah. about people, really. Um I don't see how you could ever take that away, you know, and, you know, unless we've got, you know, holograms that are completely 100% interactive, i.e. they can have the type of conversation that you and I are having right now. We, we did have a tenant that had a robot security guard. Oh, was, go on. Well, how did that go? I wasn't quite sure about it. I mean, that's quite an expensive CCTV camera they've got there. But Yeah. Um, was it that, like, big domed one that just patrolled around? To be honest, I, I never actually saw him. So, really? No. Um, Interesting that you just, call him him. <laughs> isn't it though it's quite interesting though isn't it you know we we automatically assume that it's you know a part of the the building now yeah it. okay cool but yeah uh, i mean to, to be honest i as i say i i am a skeptic but i think that there are some real advantages to yeah. smart buildings it just has to be bespoke to that building one size doesn't fit all uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, th- I think that's for everything, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is. So, and, and I would say until technology catches up with that, i.e., you know, there is that flexibility within those systems. Because right now, it's, they're quite rigid, aren't they? You know, in terms, they yeah. can do what they can do, and that's it. You know, yeah. there's there's no, you know, flexibility associated with them. There's there's certain parameters that they have to stick to. Well, I, th- I think also it's it's depending on the the actual technology in the background and yeah. the maintenance of that. Um, I've, I've seen situations where you've got proper artificial intelligence where it, it can tell who you are by walking through by your security pass, yeah. what temperature you like your desk, yeah. whether you cycle, all these things. But if that kit's not maintained, it's yeah. going to think you're someone else. And um, then you're in all kinds of trouble. And problems. then you're in all kinds of trouble. So yeah, That's a fair comment, actually. So rather than potentially being a tool that could help, it could also really be a tool that could hinder yeah, if uh, not if not adequately maintained and looked after properly. Yeah, that's a really valuable insight. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Okay, so um, what else? You ah oh, right? Yeah, this is a good question. I like this question. Um, as you know, environmental, social, and governance is becoming a significant issue um, for business on the whole, not just facilities management. Um, my opinion on this, by the way, is that facilities management are pretty good at it. Um, I think we're probably one of the better industries. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I think we're quite pro- progressive in that area of mm. facilities management. Um, yeah. I'm actually very lucky. Um, Cushman and Wakefield and my client are, are really on board with it. Yeah. Um, we, we've Im- embedded ESG and social value into our procurement exercises. Right. Um, we have our own ESG and, and social value team that yeah. are embedded, embedded with our Right, our facility management team. Right, okay. Um, it, it's it's really important. Yeah, just uh, just things like uh, I think we as a as a UK business only procure renewable energy. Right. Um, obviously, that that has drawbacks as well, but I think it, it really shows our desire to mm. to 
to meet um, our these these ESG requirements. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, if, can you give any examples of um, things that that you guys do from an ESG perspective that differs to anybody else? Oh, that's a that's a difficult one. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think. Things to that we do that are different. I think, I think it's more about how we do them, um, because people have the same targets. You know, they, yeah. they have net zero targets. They have yeah, the, the MEES requirements, um, but it's how we achieve that that I think is different. Yeah, rather than the targets themselves. I agree with that. I think that's a very that's a very valid statement. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think we've. Um, got a, a really good team i think especially when it comes to the the means requirements mm. we've got um teams that will do building modeling for you to assist with that strategy over the next five to seven years yeah um in, to help buildings and clients meet those requirements yeah i think that's a, a really good tool yeah i think we're all learning you know i, I think um to, to, it's, it's a little bit like it's still just out of the box. Is, does that make sense? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little bit still just out of the box. And I think we're all learning about how we can do things to make, you know, things better for everybody and, you know, just, just be responsible businesses, I suppose, and do the right thing for the right reason. Yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. I think it, it does feel like it's, especially when you're talking about social value. I think ESG is probably slightly more embedded, but yeah. social value is, is very, very new to the industry. I think there's yeah. a lot that the companies are doing, mm. um, but it's not necessarily got the focus previously that it has now. No, well, I mean, you take mental health. You know, ten years ago, you know, we didn't really talk about it. Nobody spoke about it. You know, now there's now not only is it talked about, but there's provisions in place to support people that have yeah. mental health issues. And things. so, I think it's great. I, th- I think you know, I, I, and I do think our industry is one of the better industries out here. I really do because I see some of the initiatives out there that some people are doing, and you know, you see it on LinkedIn, for example. You know, and you know, sometimes you look at it and you go, "Oh, they're just doing that for a excellent." But but the reality yeah. is, they're still doing something very very good, yeah. which is nice to see. I mean, the the probably the most common example of that is the litter picks. Everyone likes the litter pick. Yeah. It, it is really good, but there are a lot of other things that, yeah. that can be done. I know that we've done things like uh, secondhand book uh, vending machines that we've put in places. You know, I like that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and that, that went down really well with, with yeah. some of the tenants. Um, so, so basically like employees, people that come into the building, bring in their old books, it goes into a vending machine and then they can just take them out. Yeah, exactly. And they, they get a different one out. What yeah. a clever idea. Yeah. I really like that. That's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Okay, cool. So based on your experience, what, what do you think the future landscape of facilities management looks like? Um, I mean, ESG, as we've talked about, is, is going to be very key to that. Mm. But I think... Probably uh, customer experience is equally as as important. Completely um, agree. I think gone are the days where the the FM is a handyman and they just go around and fix things. Yeah. Um, the, the role the role has evolved a lot. It has. I, I would yeah. say. Yeah. It, it's evolved incredibly, and now it's very much about creating places where people want to come come to work, um, and that, that, that is. A big challenge in the industry at the moment is, is getting people back to work, and um, it's part of our role now um, to make those buildings attractive so that they will come back. 
well, you've got to make it nicer than home to a certain extent, don't you? Because obviously COVID changed things. Yeah. And people are like, hang on a second, I can do this at home. Why am I going in there? You know, so you have to create an environment where they think, oh, fancy going in there for the social element and, and so on and so forth, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And offices these days are, are becoming more of a, a social place. I, I know for me, uh, I get more, more, much more work done when I get home. Yeah, my uh, my time in the office is invaluable because uh, I get to collaborate with people. I get to talk to people. I have face to face meetings. Yeah. Um, every time I come into the office, I'm incredibly busy and get very little work done. But yeah, I know that that day's been been valuable. I don't think I think that face to face collaboration is incredibly important. And I think as well, sometimes we need to remember how much we missed it during the lockdowns and COVID and and things like that. You know, because I did. You know, I'm a social social animal i like to be meeting people talking to them you know i find it really difficult hate hate teams you know it's yeah. part it's part of life now but it is part of life now yeah. um but I, i'm the same i always prefer to do things face to face yeah uh, i had my first kind of national team meeting the other day yeah. and it was on teams because obviously i've got teams all over the country yeah. and i found it really difficult because yeah. you've got 20 people on a call mm. um and it's really difficult to engage all of them yeah. for, for half an hour, an hour yeah. um, on, a, on a Teams meeting. It's much easier in person. Have you downloaded the new Teams, by the way? Uh, I can't say that I have. I didn't know. Is it any different? Yeah, there's a new one. It's got new functionality. So there's a button you can press where basically, we found this out yesterday, um, where basically you press a button and it looks like everybody that's on the Teams is actually in an auditorium seat, seated next to each other in front of you. Okay. It's actually really good. Isn't it? it? It was quite interesting. Just something for your next team meeting. It might, it might make it look like everyone's together. I'll try that. Yeah, give it a crack. Give it a crack. All right, brilliant. Well, look, so, you know how, you know what are some of the common challenges today that that you would face in facilities management? You know what are the things today that that are very difficult to solve that, that you have to, but you still have to solve them, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think that the occupancy rates is probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Um, which we've talked about and obviously the the opportunity around that is is to make your buildings places where they want to come in but yeah. I, I guess from a, a purely fm point of view the challenge is is around the skill set of the people in the industry right i think the because of the way it's evolved mm. we're looking for people to be technical to be health and safety compliant but also to have that customer experience and hospitality edge as well yeah and finding those people is absolutely doable but yeah. um it does put a strain on your recruitment team i imagine it would do yeah because what you tend to find is that technical people don't tend to be the most how do i say this without getting myself in trouble um don't don't tend to be very people orientated in some circumstance i'm not saying all because that's a blanket approach but technical people aren't as people so to find people with all the skills i imagine that is difficult actually yeah, yeah. and i mean and it goes back to a lot of people in the industry that have got a lot of experience in fm yeah might struggle with with how it's evolved into that customer facing approach yeah because they're used to being in the back technically yeah everything's hunky-dory with compliance yeah. and everything's working. Hidden but. away like the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Okay, cool. No problem at all. So what, what would you say, um, how, how, how do you stay informed about new developments within the industry? Um, do you do anything like networking? Obviously, you've mentioned IWFM. I would assume that's an element. 
Yeah, I mean, IWFM is, is really good for, for networking, but mm. also some of the webinars they put on. Yeah. Uh, they're quite informed. Um, I'm also, again, very lucky working at Cushman & Wakefield. We've got a great insight team. I mean, it's a, an international company with, with so many different service lines. So um, they, they come up with a lot of thought leadership, which is That's great. really helpful for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, so learnings from, you know, other countries, other economies, things that you could effectively implement here that have worked well elsewhere? Yeah, that and, and also other, other service lines. So right. obviously Cushman Wakefield do everything to do with property. And mm. um, while it's not necessarily 100% relevant to FM, learning about the state of the market and um, what's going well, what, what investors are buying is really important. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Good stuff. Um, and I, I guess if we move on to... Um, you know, something slightly different, you know, what do you, what do you see as the biggest opportunities in, in the industry moving forward? Um, I think there's a lot of challenges and those challenges come with their own opportunities. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you talk about, or I mentioned the, the Mies compliance, mm. which is certainly a challenge, but it brings its own opportunities, which will help make our buildings more efficient and, and better for the environment. So, yeah. and one of, one of the key aspects of that is data analytics. Yes, yeah, and that's yeah. something I'm really keen on, and I've seen some huge um, impacts by um, installing systems. There's various out there, cheap, medium, expensive, but they're, they're all um, beneficial, right? And they have a, a significant impact on energy consumption mm. which again lowers cost mm. um, but then you've also got aspects around comfort around heating around cleanliness yeah um, so you can identify trends effectively that tr tr trends that can then drive efficiency and improvements yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely and i think that's a real um, opportunity in the industry that's still growing mm. um, it's been around for a while but it hasn't been implemented as much as i think it, it could and should be right okay that's really interesting thank you um so sort of moving back to you specifically um is there any particular project that you were involved in um that's really impacted your career because of the lessons you've learned as a direct result of it yeah absolutely i mean when i was um i suppose middle management um i, I was given a, a particular client uh, who weren't necessarily very pleased with how we were performing. Right. And um, I, along with my colleagues, managed to, to turn that around um, quite significantly. And I think the lessons I, I learned from that were mainly around communication mm. and, and reporting. I mean, it, it sounds boring, but um, it's really important. I think the... Well, it needs to be done, doesn't it? I mean, it does. It's, that's the reality, you know? And then there's so much data available these days. Yeah. And you can shove it all in front of a client and they don't know what they're looking at. No. Um, so I think it's quite a, a skill to take the salient pieces of information from that and actually put it into a report the client wants to see. Yeah. And I think that made so much difference right. to, to that client and, and what we were doing for them. Yeah. They could actually see what we were doing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's really stuck with me. Yeah. 
So combining all the different elements proved really useful for that client, as opposed to different inputs from different areas, collating it together, making it easy for them to disseminate, um, you know, had a really positive result for you. Yeah, I think uh, when I first started doing it, it took me a week every month just to write the report. Wow. Um, and I don't think anyone read it. So <laughs> by the end, um, yeah, it was down to kind of an executive summary. Yeah. And you still got all the data in the background should anyone want to read it. I don't yeah. think they ever did. But they've got the overarching um, element. That but they they've got review. the high-level summary, which yeah. tells them what they want to hear. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it had uh, a big impact on yeah. me as, as, as well as the client. Okay, brilliant. Well, conversely, any regrets? Um, not, not really. I wouldn't say regrets. Possibly my only regret is uh, not, not progressing my career earlier. I think right. um, I'm quite a loyal person. If you look at my CV, I haven't, yeah. I haven't jumped around much. So you think you waited um, too long? I think I probably waited too long at the right. beginning as a, as a junior person. I think mm. if I had tried to make that step earlier, mm. um, I think it would have benefited me. But um, you're not an old man. You, you don't look old. You look. You still look. You still look quite dynamic and youthful. Uh, I, I do play vets football. So oh, vets! I'm, I'm, I'm that. I'm that old. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't run these days. My knees are knackered. <laughs> oh, I get injured every week. Oh dear. Yeah, 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 I probably shouldn't play. Yeah. It's not a good weekend unless you go to work with a limp, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brilliant. Good stuff. Um, just sort of, just sort of touching on how would you, how would you if, if you could go back, for example, and you know taking into account what you just said, what would you change? Um, it's difficult because because you can talk a, a lot from hindsight. Yes, but I know a lot more now than I did then. Yeah, true. So um, I might say that I re regret not moving earlier, but. Probably, I wasn't ready to move earlier. Um, yeah. So it's it's difficult to say that I would change anything. Right. Um, possibly, kind of. I, I guess the one thing I would change would would be to when you're in that junior position, to understand the industry a bit better and what opportunities are out there. Yeah. Um, because I was very blinkered. I only knew the job that I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I probably would. Um, expand my horizons and, and actually explore the industry a bit more. Even if I didn't move job, but at least I would know what's yeah, what's, what, what's out there and what you know what opportunities are available. All right, brilliant. Thank you very much, James. That's really interesting. So moving on to you specifically outside of work, um, you know, what do you like to get up to? What gives you the greatest pleasure and enjoyment? Um, that's probably the easiest question. Um, my family, my two young kids. Yeah, brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> this is going straight to my wife. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly, exactly. I promise you didn't say anything different. <laughs> no, I'll be seriously. Yeah. I just, I, I love playing with my kids. Oh, cool. um, How old are your kids? Two and five. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, my footballing days are probably over fairly soon, but my, my eldest loves football. So oh, taking good. him to football on the weekend is, is, yeah. It's kind of a highlight for me. Yeah, I've got a two-year-old as well, so they're crazy, aren't they? Yeah, my two-year-old's just started playing football as well. He had his really? first lesson last week. Uh, we're trying to potty train at the minute. Oh, really? Oh, God, it's stressful. It is really stressful. Listen, there'll be people out there listening to this that will completely understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wee's on the couch and poo's on the couch. Oh, God, it's hard work. Um, yeah, brilliant. Um, anything outside of the family that you like to... You mentioned football. Are you a football fan? Who do you follow? 
I, I, I am a big football fan. I'm not going to tell you who I follow on live on this. Go on. Uh, yeah, not, not going to do that. Oh. Uh, it will uh, impact <laughs> will it? what people think of me, I'm sure. Oh. Um, although I will say I, I follow my local team, Bromley. Right, okay. Um, and they're doing very well this season, actually. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were on Welcome to Wrexham, I think, not that long ago, weren't they? Were they really? I haven't seen that yet. It's actually really good. It is, it's, it's actually really, really good. It's very, very Americanized, as, yeah. as, as you would expect. But um, it's a very interesting take on a lower league club and yeah. the journey that they have to go through. So I would recommend it. So if yeah, it's well, worth let, a watch. Let's hope uh, Bromley can follow in Wrexham's footsteps and get promoted this year. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay. Well, listen, James, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Have you enjoyed it? I have, actually. Yeah. yeah? Thank you been very very interesting um thank you very much for taking the time um to come and talk about your career journey with us um to all the listeners out there um remember the key points if you're looking for a mentor jump onto iwfm um james is available um and yeah james thank you very much been a pleasure thank you take care thanks listeners